All right, so welcome to part two of Playing with Research in Health and Physical Education special podcast linking uh, adapted physical education. Um, we had part one that came out last week. Uh, we partnered up with um, What's New in Adapted Physical Education podcast with Scott McNamara. And this is more of a panel type discussion um, with Terry Rizzo. Um, Dr. Kevin Andrew Richards and Scott McNamara and myself for a Stomart tenant. Um, so we'll just get right into there. It'll kind of uh, pick up where the last one dropped off. So here we go with our latest episode of Play with Research in Health and Physical Education. <laughs> I think these are, are, are awesome comments. I kind of want to, and, and you know, I want to kind of start gearing us a little bit towards like the research area. But um, I first kind of like, what is um, the role of someone like Kevin, who's a general PE professor, what's his role in kind of, you know, and what are your thoughts on like what your role is in to try to bridge this gap a little bit um, between APE and PE in higher ed? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think from my perspective, uh, and I don't have specific training and background and adaptive, I do think I, I have, and I think I still could teach a basic introductory course. But beyond that, I, I don't feel capable or, or, or prepared. Um, but I do think that I can be an ally and an advocate. Um, as people in our generation move through the ranks and uh, move into, you know, associate professor positions and eventually full professor positions and take over as editors of journals, then I, I think that there's gatekeeping functions that are involved in those roles. And, and that we need to be on, um, uh, on the side of uh, our, our allies in adapted physical education. I think that uh, we can work together uh, in a lot of very important ways. And, and from a research perspective, this is kind of how I've, how I've approached it in my work with Wes, Justin, and, um, and others. You know, I, I realized at one point that, that there'd been a lot of work done on the socialization of physical education teachers, but virtually nothing done on, on the socialization of adapted physical educators. And, and Wes, Wes and I had this common lineage in that we both went through Purdue, he at the undergraduate level and me for my graduate work. And when he got into, um, you know, uh, his PhD program at Virginia, uh, he reached out and said, you know, we don't really have much research in this area. How about how about we do some? And there's been a couple of papers that had been published prior to that. But, uh, you know, here you have somebody who's trained as a general physical education uh, teacher uh, with, with a specialization in a particular theory or approach. Uh, and then somebody else who, who has a background and adapted and, and um, you, know, is, you know, knows enough about that, that theory and approach. And I think that we were able to kind of pull that together and, and do some per, per, really interesting work. So I think that part of it comes down to partnerships and, and working across these silos. And, you know, I don't know if I want to conceptualize necessarily PE and APE as different disciplines, but the term interdisciplinary comes to mind. Maybe, maybe there's a better way to phrase that, but just that idea that even though there are some, you know, potentially identifiable differences between our, our fields or our subfields, that doesn't mean that we, we can't work together. And I think we just need to be intentional about that and to, and to look out for each other when we get to positions um, and we have... Uh, 
you know, custody of some of our journals and some of our conferences and these other outlets and finding ways to make them more integrative and inclusive. And um, I'm, I'm currently serving as an associate editor for uh, the Journal of Teaching and Physical Education, for example. Um, and I reached out uh, when I was invited to come on to this podcast, I reached out to, to Mark Byra and Brian McCulloch, who are the, the senior and junior uh, editors of that journal, respectively. And I said, hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to make a statement on behalf of the journal, if that's okay with you. And, and they agreed. And, you know, I, and basically the message that I have from JTPE is that, that we want our journal to be inclusive and welcoming of, of APE-focused scholarship um, and, and hope that APE researchers will consider it as an outlet for their publications. And I think we need to make messages like that and make statements like that and make them explicit. You know, as somebody listening to this, uh, you all, you all have got it. You all are the leaders. You all can shape the future. You folks, and, and I know a little bit about Justin. I'm working on a chapter for a book he's putting together for APE. You all have got some great skills. Yeah, you, you have a choice, really. You and your and many others like you across the country. You got a choice. Are you going to be servants to this? thing that's been around here now for what 50 60 years or you're going to be architects of something new yeah. you all have it stay with it just do it hearing about jtpe that's music to my ears because apec i was editor of that journal and i could tell you um when i picked it up for several years after i did my editor term i was reading stuff in there i'm going okay otpt and that's okay because I know adapted physical educators, we take that seriously. And APAC is a great journal, except what happened to physical education and adapted physical education, in public schools. You don't see much of it. Although Jeff Martin's seeing more of it now uh, because you've got young, new young people coming out doing great things, whether it's in social justice, social capabilities, a lot of different areas. Y'all need to just take over and do it. Don't hesitate. You do it. All I would add to that is, is yes, I agree with everything that you're saying there. Um, but I also think that in addition to us as faculty members working in this direction, I think we also need to uh, be aware of and find ways to address the structural disconnects between our disciplines. And you know, I think about what we have here at Illinois. Um, uh, and, you know, I think we have a, a good undergraduate teacher education program, but we only have one class in adapted and it's taught by somebody who does not have an adapted background. We do not anybody on faculty here um, in, in my department who, who uh, has a background in adapted physical education. Now we have people who study disability and we actually have one of the best disability resource centers in the country. Uh, that's yes. Our college. And that's something that we're very, very proud of. Um, but I look at the adapted physical education class, and for the last 20 years, it's been taught by somebody who uh, I'm sure does a great job with it. He gets the students out and has them in field experiences, um, but he does not have training in adapted, as far as I'm aware. Well, myself, you know, I, we, in my university, we have one class as well, and a dedicated AP, and I am, you know, that's my background. And I will say, even, you know, with the training, uh, I have one class. And I have, I mean, the amount of disabilities that I want to cover, and I can only cover visual impairments or deaf and hard and hearing for one class or maybe two. It's not very sufficient uh, as far as time goes to really, um, you know, prepare somebody to work with someone with a visual impairment 
or, or whatever disability it is. Uh, when I'm given this very, very finite amount of time to teach them about an entire disability and all the teaching strategies and all the research that has gone on in that area. I mean, it's, it's, so it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And, you know, when I think about how uh, adaptive physical education teachers have to have to work across uh, students, a variety of different students who have very specific and, and uh, unique needs. And, you know, even within a disability category, um, you know, it's not all students with, with autism spectrum disorder, for example, present the same way. You have wide variety um, and being able to learn how to how to adapt content specifically for their individual needs is a skill. And I do agree that uh, adapting content to meet individual needs is something that all physical educators could do, uh, should do, rather, uh, regardless of whether or not they're, they're adapted or, or uh, physical education generalists. Yeah, so I was going to ask, how hard is it to get a job in adapted PE? Are there, is there a uh, huge need for adapted PE professors? Uh, are the jobs getting filled by, um, you know, people who are getting a traditional pedagogy um, degree, but doing some overlap in adapted PE and then jumping into adapted PE jobs? What's the, what's the job market like in higher education? I mean, all I know is uh, talking to some colleagues that have been tracking it, and I know that there's been some papers uh, put out, but it's been a little bit, a little while since then, but I know somebody's tracking it right now, and basically every APE position that comes out in higher ed uh, gets filled by an APE person, and then, and then a lot of times, uh, you know, we're very attractive as well in a general PE position, which is what I'm in. I'm in a general PE position where I teach one AP class, um, so I think in higher ed, now as far as teachers go, um, I think it's still very attractive now. It depends a lot on state to state um, what that looks like. And, uh, you know, the programs that kind of that are around is very state to state. Where I'm at in Iowa, it's not too much of a need. But in California, Wisconsin, Minnesota, much higher need uh, there. But Terry, you, you can go on there. Uh, yeah, no, what I was going to say is uh, it, it, it's sort of it's, you need a split screen here to deal with all these issues, right? The higher ed issue is critical because, um, and that's what I, when we started out this conversation, uh, in a department, if a department, especially if you've been to American Kinesiology Association meetings recently, the, the dominance of exercise science because of enrollments is almost overwhelming other areas within the discipline. And that is not a good thing. And so it influences your decision when you post the position. It, 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 people just may not even advertise the need for an adapted physical education specialist. You'll have a department just literally write it off. In California, though, we've got probably four or five schools that come to mind that eliminated or suspended their pedagogy program. Yet, when the silver tsunami strikes, they're all going to be on the bandwagon going, let's re resurrect our program, and there's not going to be anybody to fill it. It's almost like, where are you going to find PhD candidates in pedagogy? How many schools are there? Ohio State saved their program. Purdue lost theirs. I mean, you know, losing someone with Tom Templin's program, that's, that's disgraceful. You, you got a guy, you got a gem, and you let that go? So you, this, that's a big problem you, you all are addressing. We shouldn't be losing our pedagogy programs at the PhD level at major universities, and we should be bringing in adaptive people. And if we could blend it together, that would be great because that's reality. Yep, I love the shout out to Tom Templin. Uh, he was my advisor. He's a good man. Um, 
But oh, he's first class, first class guy. Absolutely, in every way imaginable. Um, but you know what? What I've seen some postings, and and I think the way that the way that some adapted folks can really position themselves well uh, when it comes to uh, higher ed jobs, and this is just you know my opinion, is if you have if you have people who have kind of a little bit of a background in both, and I think Wes Wilson is a is a good example of this. He did his undergraduate in physical education, and then his master's and PhD in adapted. And when he was looking for jobs, he could look for adapted jobs, but he could also look for straight pedagogy jobs, PE pedagogy jobs. Um, and then he could position himself as, hey, if I come in here and you hire me, then I can teach your adapted classes. Um, and I'd love to hire somebody with a background like that here at Illinois if, if we had a posting because, you know, they can come in and they can develop community programs. They can teach uh, adapted physical education coursework and, and they can also contribute to the PE side of things. You're, you're exactly right. You know what's funny? When I was at Illinois as a PhD candidate, my training was in Kines, in special ed and in psychology. While I was there, uh, I interviewed with Mike Louvis and a guy named John Taylor. You'd have to be around there a long time to remember those names. Uh, Louvis left for Cleveland State because he knew he wasn't going to get tenure. Taylor left for Bureau of Education for the Handicap, and they became a dean at Arizona. They filled in the position with John Luco, Canadian adapted PE. He didn't get tenure. Then they filled the position with a guy named Walt Davis, and there were some crazy things. He didn't even get a chance to go up for a review. He was gone. They turned to me and they said, We were running, we had a big grant at the time about mainstreaming. And they said, Well, the guy, the person who was department head at the time was a guy named Raleigh Wright. Great guy. Raleigh, Raleigh came by and he said, look, we could bump your salary up. You teach the undergraduate class, run the grant, this and that. It'll all be good. Then when, after I finished, I did a postdoc there. And they were still looking for someone then. My point, if they're not going to be dedicated to this field, you're going to keep getting this issue coming up in your face. And you're talking about some of the first-rate universities in the United States. I'm going to show my bias here. Purdue, Illinois. Penn State, I mean, Ohio. I mean, these are, and not that the others aren't, but these were, my day, world-class places. You got to commit to this because you don't even have to feel good about the profession, right? Adapted. You just look at what's going on in schools. Try to catch up with reality and prepare people for reality. It'll be different, but recognizing that and getting people to, uh, you know, if you will, appreciate what we do well that's what you all can do you all are leaders you know here look at it look at it another way right if you don't do it this way it, it's sort of like um i don't know uh, hating whales and joining greenpeace what would you really do that i mean i, I don't know what it's going to take but i do know folks like you all have to stand your ground and shape the future yeah, yeah, and I think that, that that's one of the most important things about having this conversation is so that, that for us and for, and for folks who are listening uh, to the podcast or who will be listening to the podcast, I think it's just important that, that we remember that uh, in, in a lot of ways we're, we're in this together. We're, we're working towards the same broad goals of, uh, of influencing uh, children's physical education or physical activity, uh, whether that be... Uh, uh, you know, children with or without disabilities, um, and we can learn from 
and help each other in a lot of ways. So it doesn't make sense for one discipline that's marginalized to marginalize another discipline. Good point. So, I mean, I think we kind of addressed a lot of the issues. Um, just one, like real quick, I think we should start kind of wrapping up, but like as far as the research stuff goes, going back to that, I mean, what are some solutions um, you know, I think we've talked a lot about the barriers and stuff, and I think broadly we've talked about some solutions, but how can uh, we like kind of promote um, interdisciplinary uh, actions between our P general PE researchers and our APE researchers? So, you know, here's another thing that I can throw out there. Um, so Risto and I are both involved with the, um, the, 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 the SIG, the special interest group at the American Educational Research Association that's called, um, uh, research on learning and instruction in physical education. Uh, and, and historically, um, we haven't had a very strong adapted physical education presence there. Um, and, you know, and I think that's something that we need to, to rectify and we need to, uh, we need to invite in those folks to, to have a seat at the table. Sometimes I think it, it goes beyond just forwarding an email about a, a conference or about you know, submitting articles to a journal. I think that sometimes you have to really go out there and, and, and reach out to individual people and invite them in and show them uh, that, that you want them uh, at the party. And then hopefully it'll, it'll snowball from there. Um, and, and so I, I've had some conversations with some adapted uh, folks about maybe trying to come to AERA and maybe we get a symposium or, or uh, a couple of presentations. We host a, a, a more informal event that we call an invisible college before the start of the conference. Maybe we get some adapted folks in there and, and just start having those conversations. I think that's a great idea. Um, we can give a plug out right now. The, you know, the window uh, closes for abstracts late July, uh, and then the conference is uh, in beautiful San Francisco in, um, in April. So we typically have our Invisible College on will look like most likely on the 16th and 17th of April next year, uh, which is more of an informal, um, you know, idea kind of outside the box thinking. And I think if there's a group that comes together to have this conversation who are doing research in adaptive PE to have this exact same conversation with the people in the room who are doing research and asking, how can we work together? How can we, you know, break down these silos. I think that's a, that's a perfect venue to do it. Um, and then the conference goes on that uh, rest of that week. It's a three, four day conference. Some of the best pedagogy stuff in not, not just in PE, obviously, it just in greater, uh, greater pedagogy. It's, it's an amazing conference. So um, I think that's a, that's a great place. And I, and I love what you said, uh, Kevin, earlier about being an ally and an advocate. Um, you know, in my specific line of research, I haven't done anything in adaptive PE. But having these conversations makes me think, hey, is there an angle here how I can bring in somebody who does adaptive PE and, you know, write a grant together or align with, you know, uh, another piece of my research with, with this, you know, I almost wanted to say uh, other field which is, which is not, you know, but that's how my, my mindset has been. I'm looking down. I'm like, okay, I got to get tenure. I got to do these things. These are my research agendas. And, and I do think that sometimes it's easier to do it 
at as an associate in full when you're kind of taking a breath and reassessing what do you want to do and thinking thinking broader what you just touched on there Risto is is one of the structural issues that I was alluding to before the nature of of higher education the nature of academia pushes us as early career scholars to, to not only focus within our discipline, but focus within a very narrow aspect of our discipline. Um, and so I study socialization. I don't know very much at all about physical activity. I value it in a sense, but I don't do it or know much about it. Um, and then if you extend even a step further out and, and think about, well, how about the relationship between PE and APE? I think for, for a lot of folks, the structure of academia itself prevents that thought and those conversations and we have so it goes back to that notion that we just need to be intentional about it scott risto kevin you're in the driver's seat <laughs> drive change the culture of these programs that you're working in and living in right now don't settle because the what i'm hearing from you three i've been hearing my whole career and it's really sad to hear that we haven't changed. You need to change the culture because if you don't, it's tantamount to negligence. You, you guys can do it. You're a good core of leaders. Get it done. Stay with it. Do whatever it takes. We need you. Really, the future needs you guys. Yeah, and I think that this, and hopefully, you know, one of the things that's nice about recording this as a podcast is that that folks outside of the four of us will will listen and and it'll kind of spark them to to think about it a little bit more, maybe maybe change the way that they approach uh, their work a little. But I, I really like the idea of extending out and using this podcast not as um, a uh, an endpoint, but as a starting point to have additional conversations like the one that the four of us are having in larger venues with other people across. Um, you know, I think it's important to get uh, early career scholars like the three of us engaged, but, but senior scholars in many ways are the, the, the stewards of our discipline. Uh, and so until, until they uh, retire uh, or, or, or you know, transition out of academia, um, in, in a lot of ways they serve as gatekeepers. They, they have custody of our journals, they have custody of our conferences. So yes, Early career scholars need to get on board because one day we will be in that position and we need to be active uh, and we need to be advocates. It's across the career cycle. Yeah, and I love the fact that what you said about JTPE wanting this type of research and being inclusive, I think, you know, you know those are, those are very senior scholars in our field and talking about being inclusive and having this, um, you know, adapted PE stuff you know, across the board coming in. And I think that's important. Um, But I also think that we need people to remind us to think more broadly. Look, I mean, when we started this podcast, we were 15 episodes in or something. And Kevin called me and he's like, hey, we haven't highlighted a single adapted PE piece. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't think about that. Like, I didn't really reflect on it. I was just busy trying to get, you know, podcasts out. And then I met Justin Hagel and what a, what a tremendous scholar, like just. He's, he's really good. Like, he's really good. You know, yep. Yep. The, the stuff that he's done and the volume that he produces is, is tremendous. And, yes. you know, 
really interesting, good scholarship. So it's, it's great to highlight his work and we're going to have him on. He publishes enough papers every year that, you know, we can just kind of pick one from a hat and it'll be good. I think we probably have enough to wrap up. I mean, this is obviously a humongous topic that we could talk about forever, as well as I don't think we have like the steps that we need, which would be a great research endeavor to really find out what are the steps that we need to be an ally, to be an advocate on both sides of the aisle uh, to bridge this gap. And I don't know if that exists and I don't know how to quite get there, but I mean, um, I think we can kind of wrap this conversation up for, for the moment. Yeah, And I would say, I'll, I'll give a shameless plug here. Uh, if you're on Scott's podcast, listen to this, look us up, playing with research on health and PE, where everywhere you can find a podcast, you can listen to it on your computer at anchor.fm, uh, uh, or you can do it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we put out an episode every single Tuesday at 7 a.m. Eastern, um, like clockwork comes out. And uh, uh, also, if uh, you're on our podcast, you should check out Scott's. Um, he has some really, really good uh, flowing conversations and a lot of good information if you're interested in um, adaptive PE and, or maybe you're just not knowledgeable enough on it yet to get some really good information on there. He's had some tremendous people on, on that podcast. Thank you for the plug. And yes, I don't do every week. Mine's a lot more sporadic. So. <laughs> but yeah. Well, we have a team of five, so it's easier to do it every week. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Now I don't feel no. bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very yeah, much. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you all. Well done, guys. Nice to meet you all.